Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. It's the only Arsenal podcast that counts. By Arsenal fans, for Arsenal fans. Enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to Guns and Yellow Ribbons Live. I'm Fergus, I'm your host. Uh, and we have got lots to talk about on tonight's show. Uh, we do have probably, we've got what. We may have a rotating sort of um, panel of people. At the moment, there's four of us in the room. Um, we have old man Trev, who's uh, trying to do the sepia look right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you've moved You've moved house again. You move, you've moved more than us Irish people do. You know that? I know, Fergus. Evening, mate. Evening, everybody. I'm sorry about the lack of quality of the picture, but hopefully we'll be moved into back into our... A proper home uh, next week, so it'll improve. So you just have to put up with me by now. For now, it's not, got the quality like... of the picture. it's not the quality I've of the got... picture we're after. It's the quality of the content, and uh, oh, it's always well, good with you. Hopefully, I can keep it up then, Fergus. I'll just look at I'm all grey, and I've got a grey beard, grey head, grey background. Never mind, I'll keep smiling. <laughs> Potsy, uh, welcome again. How are you? Yeah, very well, mate. I think you need sunglasses for me compared to Trevor, wouldn't you? Trevor, I had a power cut compared to me. <laughs> Bless him. Um, I was on your, I was on your uh, potty preview show uh, on Sunday, um, and I had had a procedure uh, earlier that day, and I had uh, excessive amounts of ethanox. I think I think is the uh, technical term. Uh, and with uh, my traditional scotch that I pour just before I come on air, I think it sent me a bit do wally. Uh, but you introduced me to somebody. You introduced me to Matt Brewster, Matt Brewster in North Carolina. Um, and Matt is a Pompey fan. And we thought, considering that uh, we're playing Pompey in the FA Cup, uh, it would be good if he came back on again and also for me to do a public apology. So how are we doing, Matt? <laughs> how are we doing, gentlemen? How's it going? Yeah, good. Good. Did you enjoy the game? I, I did. I did. It was... It was... Honestly, uh, it wasn't exactly the liveliest of games, was it? But it was nice to play a Premier League team. Let's put it that way. It yes, was. yes, yes. Um, the, the the lineups were. Uh, what did you make? What would? What did you make of your lineup? First of all, was that <laughs> the strongest lineup that you could have put out? No. So we actually, after talking, you know, uh, on Sunday with you boys, you know, we actually rested two of our best players, Curtis and Marquis, were on the bench. Um, you know, they dropped our centre back and put in our right back into centre back. Um, it just completely rotated a lot of the, the players, like our centre mid. Our captain didn't even play in centre mid, Naylor. He didn't play. Uh, he put in a, a Ben Close and uh, a, a lonely player. Um, so I mean, honestly, we ch- I was surprised to see it. We changed a lot of our players around. Okay. Okay, Dan. Sorry, I just timed it perfectly to take a sip of your drink. Um, what did you make of our lineups? We we had nine changes. Mary uh, uh, gets his start. Uh, Martinez in goal. What what did you make of the overall lineup? The lineup. The only shock for me was uh, Socrates playing at right back. I've no idea what Ainsley Maitland-Niles has done wrong, but Mikel Arteta clearly sees that he's not either at his plans at the moment or that he has to do more to get into that starting eleven. If I'm honest with you, the rest of the team, we'd kind of predicted on the preview show that we did. Um, but the rest the rest of it was fine. It was just Ainsley Maitland-Niles for me. I can't see what he's done wrong. Socrates is not a right-back. Mustafi is not a right-back. And obviously, Louise and Mari, who started, uh, are not right-backs either. So it's very odd to see Saka playing at left-back still. 
and we can't throw Maitland-Niles on at the left-back area and we can't put him at right-back either. So for whatever reason, we've got one of the fittest lads on the bench and he can play both right-back or left-back to give one of the other guys a rest. And for whatever reason, Arteta don't fancy him. So apart from that, Fergus, everything else was pretty much as I expected. And Trev, you were you made your way down to that um, wayward seaport, uh, did, and you went yeah. to Fred Park. <laughs> I did, yeah, yeah. How, how was it? It's it was all right. Portsmouth's a bit of a dive, but uh, the the ground and the fans were brilliant. In fairness, the the Portsmouth fans filled the ground, didn't stop singing all through the game, and uh, but we gave as good as we got. There was a lot of Arsenal fans there. Um, yeah, and it was a very enjoyable evening. The game went exactly as I thought we'd go, actually, Fergus. You know, Premiership side against the League One side. I thought we might have to weather a storm first 20 minutes, half an hour, which we did. And then we scored the goal. Great finish, I thought. And uh, we, after that, I, I don't know what Matt would think. I didn't think we looked like losing, to be honest. I thought we controlled it. Well, the second goal early in the second half killed it for it for mm-hmm. him, really, as a spectacle, quieting them down, and that was it. Just interested listening to what Dan says, you know, I mean, firstly, um, Mari looks, he's the first player we've had in a long time that looks like a proper centre half. He's a big lad, um, very calm on the ball. I know it was a League One side, and I don't want to be disrespectful to a League One side, but he was calm on the ball and he looked really good. Look, he played all right, did, did good, did good. I'd, I'd be surprised if he's not involved in some way this weekend. So, Kraft is a right back, what, you know. We ain't got anything else. And, and the reason we ain't got anything else at the minute is because, Dan, I haven't seen the interview, mate. I don't know if any of you boys have seen it, but I was told that Arteta's done an interview and hinted that uh, AMN, Azimate Niles, isn't working very hard in training or has got a bit of an attitude in training. And that might be the reason he's not picking him because he's not happy with his training. I've not heard it myself, but I, 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 it was hinted to me that that might be the case. Yeah, that is true from what I've seen on interviews, that he's not working hard enough in training, he's got the wrong attitude and all this sort of stuff. He does look very horizontal in terms of how laid back he is, but I don't see why we're trying to force Socrates at right back and we're playing Saka, who's just going to burn out anytime soon because we ain't got another left back. That, for me, is just a silly a silly reason. There's all, the, for me, being ruthless and stuff like that, but when you're down to the bare bones and it, it could cause a player getting injured, I think that's a bit silly, really. I think you've got to give the lad a chance to prove himself, which I believe he's done well under Arteta. I don't think he's put a foot wrong at right back in a position that apparently he's not happy in. Um, if his attitude's rubbish in training, then fair enough. That, that That's a, that's a, that's fair, fair enough from Arteta's point of view. I just look at it and think, if he's bad in training, why is he bringing him on with three minutes to go? If he's that bad, just leave him out the squad and teach him a lesson that way. That's what I think. Mm. But, mm. Yeah, it's, um, it's interesting. Obviously, obviously, it was a game more or less of two halves. And uh, like Pompey, I think you, you probably would, Matt, you'd admit you probably had the better uh, of the first half. And, you know, you, you had some quick free kicks. And we'll talk about Guendouzi's option to try and do a quick free kick as well. But you, you had some quick set pieces that the referee allowed you to do. Um, what, what, what did you make of... The, be- the best part of your game, which is the best half hour, yeah. first half. Yeah, I thought, like, like, like you know, Trevor was saying as well, the first half, the first 15, 20 minutes, I thought we played well, mate. Honestly, I thought we kept up with you boys. We looked better. We looked like the, the team score. We had the free header where it, I don't know what the hell he was doing, putting that wide, like free header. Um, we had the other one where our left back drove cross the ball in and the keeper just got a hand to it to nick it off of another player's head who was running in and stuff like that. So it was unlucky. And then, you know, 
something that's always been a big downfall of Pompey was we'd never been good at set plays. We'd never, ever been good at it. And like this season, I think most of our goals have come from set plays, like free kicks, corners and stuff like that, and quick, like quick throw-ins. And so there must be something going on in training there. They've, they've practiced some things, but I mean, it's, it was, we did all right. We did all right for the first bit. I mean, let's face it, you were never saving that first goal. Um, you know, it was great volley, great shot. You know, you don't mind that when that happens. Um, but, you know, second half, like Trev was saying, it was, as soon as you guys scored that second, it, it killed the game off both teams. Yep. I don't think, both teams kind of like laid back a little bit. Like we didn't want to get injured. You boys didn't really want to get injured. And I don't think uh, it was really entertaining after that. I don't think there was much going on. Like, yeah, from- I, 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 I tend to agree. You talk about injuries. We had that tackle on Torreira, which we'll talk about. We'll talk about, like, obviously, Mike Dean was refereeing, refereeing two teams very differently, in my yeah. opinion. Because uh, I, I, I watched Standard. I, I, yeah, I didn't actually have an issue with the free kick that Pompey took. I thought, brilliant. They put the ball down, they're outside the D, and they tried to take a quick free kick and catch us on the break when we're not not prepared. Perfect mm-hmm. tactic. But when we try and repeat and do that the other uh, the other end, three times, three times when Doozy put the ball down, and in the end, he just slammed the ball down. Uh, uh, Mike Dean, I, I'm, uh, the word I've written down here I don't use openly, but it'd be... Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he's honestly, it, I just don't understand if a referee is going to allow the play to to run smoothly and quickly and allow quick free kicks and stuff like that. Do it for both teams, not not, yeah. not just Trev. What, what, what was the reaction in, in, in the stadium to that? Because we see it different on TV. The, the Arsenal fans were, were were far from complimentary uh, in regards to Mike Dean. They sang some very scathing songs about him, and I think in the circumstances it was deserved. It was uh, it, uh, the way I look at Mike Dean is it's the game. The, the game of football tends to, if he's refereeing and he's in that mood, the game of football tends to become all about Mike Dean, which 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 is completely opposite to what it should be. A referee yep. shouldn't be seen or noticed in a game, you know. And that's what he did. And he saw Gwen Doozy put that ball down dramatically. And he thought, oh, I've got an, I've got an opportunity to look good here. And he slung a yellow card at him. You know, um, yeah, Mike Dean wasn't very good on Monday night. It wasn't very good at all. I thought he wasn't very good for either side, if I'm honest, from where I was. But I, I was stood in the, in the stands. I'm not going to. I'm not going to put any blame on Portsmouth for that. By the way, Matt, I thought I, I, I disagreed with you slightly. I mean, we never looked like losing the game after the second no, goal. But I didn't no, think, that's what I said. I didn't, you were I didn't no, 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 I'm, I'm paying you a compliment here, mate. I didn't think you boys stopped trying. I thought Portsmouth played the full 90 minutes. They were looking to play, you know. And, and But we shut you down well, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and we played like a premiership side. But Portsmouth didn't give up all night. And, yeah, Mike Dean was 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 awful, worse than awful. And the game became the last of the, the last half an hour, 25 minutes of the game became all about Mike Dean and that you shouldn't have that a football match. Just that don't happen, you know. Dan, there was another incident that happened in that first half, which was the Torreira, the tackle on Torreira. Now, there's a lot of people saying, like uh, Peter came along uh, in the comments, says it's a bad tackle, took the player on the ball with intent, in my opinion, is what he says. Uh, There's a lot of people who say that it was an excellent tackle that he yeah, took the ball, and it, was, and it was unfortunate that he took took the man. Um, thoughts? 
I thought it was a bloody excellent tackle, personally. And I know that people are saying, oh, he's acting on purpose. I think he's gone in to hurt Torreira. He hasn't gone in to injure him, though. He's gone in to hurt him. And that's what I'll be doing. I play defensive midfield. I can't sit there and say to you that I didn't go into a tackle thinking, oh, I hope I don't hurt him. Of course I did. You go in hard, you don't get hurt. And that's what happens. And people are saying, oh, it was a horrendously bad tackle. He won the ball. Yeah, he caught him. And there's a follow through, whatever it be. I just think that's a... Well, maybe I'm old school. Maybe you're not allowed to do that anymore in, in football. But I'm old school and I like to see tackles like that. And that's the sort of tackles that League One probably see every week, Matt will probably tell you. But in the Premier League, we're not allowed to touch them because we're all pansies. There's a comment on here from Richard. On here from Richard. Shocking tackle on Torreira. Typical lower league. Lower league player. player. There you go. Let's just don't... She that. looks like... Let's hope Arsenal never get bloody relegated, eh? Because you guys would be on this every bloody week complaining. Listen, man, I've got, to, I've got to agree with Matt here. I've got to agree with Matt. Let's man up a bit, yeah? I know Torreira's injured and it's nasty. The player, I don't believe, has gone in there to hack his he, legs away. He's, he's not. He's gone in, he's won the ball, in my he's opinion. I've got to there and say, just because I'm an Arsenal fan, that, oh my God, it's horrendous and he needs to be sent off. It's nah. just the way I see listen, football differently. Listen, the pair of you two, I'm going to bang your heads together if you carry on. <laughs> now, listen, right? It... <laughs> Firstly, Matt, I don't want to disappoint you, son, but we're not going to get relegated, so we ain't got no concerns there. Yeah. yeah. Secondly, I, I've not seen the, the, the tackle back on the TV. I saw it live, and it was right in front of me. And my first thought was, Jesus, that's a, he's let him. I thought it, to myself, he's let Torreira know he's about here. He's not gone into to hurt him, um, but he's let Torreira know he's he's gone in hard here. But from where I was watching it quickly, I thought Torreira ridden it, you know. I was was doing the normal thing that Premier League players do, having five minutes on the floor rolling around. You know, I mm. honestly thought Torreira had ridden it. I didn't realise how how that he was in fact quite badly injured. Um, the Portsmouth fans weren't very nice to him while he was on the floor, though. Matt, in fairness, you know? Arsenal, always um, cheating. Well, it was worse than that, Fergus. It was worse than that. But um, no, it, it, I didn't think it was a sending off offence. I, I, if he'd have got books, I'd have thought, yeah, it's about right. He's let him know he's in a game here. Yeah, that's what he's done. He's gone in big on him. There was, but, uh, there, there was, there was a, somebody made a comment on uh, Arsenal Fans Forum um, and said it makes uh, Abamyang's um, red card seem even more harsh because Abamyang's red card uh, was that against in the Palace game. Um, he, he had no momentum or anything like that. Do you think, Trev? Uh, was oh, that irrelevant? I don't, I don't know. I don't think so, Fergus. Because the the, the Obama Yang tackle, from my recollection, and bearing in mind you're reminding people I'm old, my memory's not the best, was more would look more like a stamp, didn't it? You know what I mean? Whether Obama Yang meant to stamp on him or not, it was that stamp in motion, wasn't it? Wasn't it with Obama yeah. Yang? Whereas this yeah, wasn't. Yeah. This was a, this was a sliding, wasn't it? I don't know. Were, were the lad studs up when he went in on Torreira, or did he just go through him? I've not I think seen it. Just went through him, and it was more like a scissor, scissor sort of movement. It was a scissor follow through that everyone said was out of order. The Abamian one's different because that could have been a leg breaker, a malicious or not. I think you know, looking at that, slowing it down, it's a red card. But then you look at the low Celso one the other day, and that was, that was a red card as well, and nothing happened. So, you know, I don't want to get into the the VAR stuff, but that for me, it was nice not to have VAR the other night, if I'm honest with you. And it was that nice was, to go in, into that. Um, you know, I don't mind tackles like that personally. Torreira's not apparently badly injured anyway, so it's all good. That, in fairness, that was one of my other comment about it. That there was no VAR, so Mike Dean, as much as he's a whatever, um, he had he, he had to make a decision. He made a decision there and then, um, and he decided not to give a yellow card, not give a red card, and play on. Um, what was it like watching 
football without VAR again. <laughs> ah, don't know, mate. It's every week for me. <laughs> <laughs> mate, it was a great. It was a great. It was a great night. And the other game I enjoyed was the uh, Liverpool game at Anfield. I know we lost, and it was five five, but there was no VAR in that, and there was ten goals. About four of them would have been ruled off if it would have been VAR. So, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it again. It's just free flowing. It's great. It's, it gets you know, there's no stoppage in, and it was uh, it was fine. But fine by me. I'm not a fan of VAR though, so okay. maybe I'm biased. Um, Socrates uh, gets the first goal. Um, at first, people are laughing and going, "Oh, Socrates!" But when you actually watch back uh, that goal that he gets. The finish on it is really, really tidy. You know, it's most midfielder strikers would be would be happy with that finish. Trev, what did you what did you make of it? Of course, they'd be proud of that finish. I thought it, I, I thought it was a cracking finish at the time, and then when I watched it back on the highlights, I thought, blimey, that was a really good finish. It was a cracking finish, and then I can't remember much more because I was too busy going crazy in the away end, kissing and hugging anyone that was near me. Um, because we needed that goal. It's a great time to score in any game, and it just before half time, and it, and 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 it was it was perfect, absolutely perfect. It was a good finish, good goal, right, good party afterwards, and. Uh, yeah, and, and and I'm not disappointed with with Socrates playing. Well, he's not a right back, Socrates. He played right back away in Olympiakos, didn't he? And he he got a bit shown up there, but um, uh, he was all right. He was comfortable the other night. He was comfortable, and and I wasn't unhappy with it. So really, the, the, we're only playing a small side, weren't we? You know what I mean? So it it wasn't going to be difficult. So. <laughs> <laughs> the, goal, the goal came at a good time uh, for us just before half time. It also came at a good time, probably for Pompey, as who I said at first of all had the better of the first half in the main. Um, it gave you time to maybe maybe regroup, come back out in the start of the second half. Uh, that wasn't to be, was it, Matt? No, unfortunately not, lads. <laughs> I thought we would. Uh, I thought we would nick a goal. Like I said to you on Sunday, lads. I think. Um, I think the goal was to try and get get an early goal, get get on the score sheet and see whether we could nick a win or a draw out of this and get a replay of the Emirates. But it was it was just unfortunate. I just don't think we were good enough up front. We've been playing this ridiculous four, two, three, one formation and it's been working well, but it's rotating players a lot. And the guy that's up front on his own, he's, he, you know, he's great. I love him. I really like Ellis Harrison. Um, great kid. Um, but he can't do it all, you know. And there was a time when him and Harness, which is, our, I think he, at the time, was our right midfielder at the time, um, they switched positions quickly. And then Harness, all of a sudden, I believe it was in the second half early on as well, picked up the ball and he was, he was through from the halfway line. And you could tell it was a Premier League versus a League One player because... He just didn't even have the legs to get anywhere near the goal because he was just out sprinting and tackled by, I think it was David Louise or something like that. But, I mean, you know, we definitely did not deserve the win. I'm not going to sit there and, and say that, you know, Pompey should be walking away disappointed and stuff like that. I don't think we did offer much uh, in front of goal, you know. Well, I think we, like, did the traditional, we're playing a big team, we're going to definitely close them down, we're going to make sure we're there. You want to go back to the tackle, I thought it was an out. I thought it was absolute brilliant tackle. I, I like I like I said to you guys, like do not go into League One because that's what it looks like every week. And I thought that was. I don't think he meant to hurt the player at all. Um, one of the kids that was playing for us, number thirty-three, Ben Close. You know, 
I can tell you right now, these players aren't, they're, they're not malicious at all. I know them, you know, some of them personally, they're not coming out to do stuff like that. Um, but yes, the Pompey fans were singing some unfortunate songs, but Trev, you should have carried on with, hey, we did clap him off and he walked around the whole stadium with Pompey fans clapping him off. At least give us some credit and, you know, we're not all scumbags because I would have been jumping on his back because it looked like he was doing a dive. Um, but, you know, if he's really hurt and the stretcher comes on, you know, you don't want to see that. Pompey fans don't want to see that either, you know? Yeah. If then, if then it's your right, mate, once he left that that corner of that ground where it, where he went down, mm-hmm. there seemed to be a, a, a lot of young, young fans there, a lot of young fans there. There is, yeah. And, and and they weren't very complimentary even when he was being stretched off. But in fairness to the rest of the, as he went around the ground, he got a, a round of applause. Yeah, I accept that. And and I apologise for not stating that, mate. It, no, you're right. But, uh, you know, we were just, you could tell the difference in the, in the two teams as well. You know, I, there was nothing, nothing really there. You know, I thought we offered, we closed you down, but just not good enough. You know, it was just unfortunate. I feel like you guys were, Second half, the much much stronger team, and we just couldn't. You, you, you could see, you could see the fitness levels and the quality. Absolutely, of the I agree. Comes through. I agree. One thing you've also got to remember as well is that was our forty seventh game of the season so far. Okay. So, Do you think you'll yeah. come up this year, Matt? Pardon? Do you think you'll? Come up here, mate. I hope so. We've got a game in hand with third. I feel like we've got now, we're at the FA Cup, we're at the League Cup. Great stuff. I know the League Cup's over, but like, uh, um, we just we just need to focus now on, on the Cup final that we're in and, and the uh, League Cup, uh, in the league now. And yeah, I'll see somebody's coming. We didn't have a, uh, we didn't have a shot on target. We didn't, we didn't trouble you guys. Like I said, we were unlucky not to get that free header and we were unlucky not to, you know, the goalkeeper, tap the ball away out of off of one of the players' heads. But that's all I really remember us really threatening Arsenal with. It wasn't mm. exactly... Dan, Dan I'll come that. to you on, on, on the next one. Um, 51 minutes in, Eddie Nketiah, he's looking more and more the re- real deal. What did you make of that goal and, and, and the finish on it? Yeah, Eddie's a finisher, mate. That is exactly what he is. I think he's got the potential to be uh, that little fox in the box for us. And I quite like the three strikers we've got because Laka can, when he's playing well, hold the ball up well. Aubameyang's our goal machine and Eddie Nketiah's our little fox in the box finisher. So I quite like the fact that we've got those three strikers. My only problem with it is how many games is this guy going to play? Uh, it seems to me now that Arteta is giving him a chance. I would rather have seen him stay at a team lower that, uh, playing every week because I think he's got the potential to grow even more so. But Arteta's given him the chance now and he's taken it, to be fair to the lad. You know, he scored now against Everton and against um, Pompey. I think that he has got that little bit of bite in him as well. He's quite strong considering he's quite a little lad. I thought he was going to be quite lightweight. And it was a great finish. You know, there's a couple of finishes there now which he's got in, in the front post on and he's he's managed to get there first and tap the ball home. And that, to me, is a different type of striker that we haven't seen for a while, really. And the only kind of same style strikers we've seen in the last sort of 15 to 20 years have been Ian Wright and Nicholas Anelka. So if he can be half as good as those, I'll take that. Um, Bournemouth away, we've beaten them. Portsmouth away, we've beaten them. We've got Brighton and Southampton uh, to come up. When's the last time in one season that we've actually played all four South Coast teams? Can, can, you, can you recall the last time? I, I can't. 
No, I don't think no, so. Because Bournemouth in the in the league, were they? So yeah, no, last time Portsmouth were in the league, Bournemouth weren't. So and then no, was that before. Neither was Brighton. Yeah, neither Brighton. Um, it may have gone unnoticed, but uh, we're now eleven games unbeaten in all competitions uh, away from home um, since two nil uh, the two nil loss against nail in Unai Emery's, or one of the final nail in Unai Emery's um, coffins. Um, we've actually lost five at home in that same time. So, you know, where away form was it was an issue, uh, it, it seems our home form, we need to... We've had a lot of draws. I will say that. We've had a lot of draws, but our, our away form has improved. We seem to be defensively a bit more cohesive and so on. Um, where we... We, we let us let, let ourselves down a little bit. Um, Europa League, you, you were in the Europa League in 2009, weren't you, um, Matt? Yep, yep. Lost to uh Wolfsburg, that was it. That's what sealed the, the deal. Okay, but so, so it's nothing, it's nothing unusual. You, you're used to European football then, yeah. So you can welcome to join us and stay on. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, my venue to watch the game at the Emirates Stadium wasn't at the Emirates Stadium. I was in a, a sports bar uh, on Matthew Street in Liverpool, uh, and they had all the games on. I was I was on a work do, so I, I had to get um, get rid of my ticket and watch them. But for large periods of the game, it was very flat. A full strength Arsenal eleven were frustrated and frustrating. Um, they were feeble in front of goal with a first shot on target, not arriving until the seventy seventh minute. Captain. Pierre Abamyang uh, missed a glaring chance at the last kick of the match as Arsenal crashed out in extra time uh, against uh, Olympiacos in the Europa League. Um, questions? Uh, why was it so frustrating? Why did we make it so hard? Why were we so feeble? Um, 77 minutes to get a first shot on, on, on target. Uh, Dan? Got what we deserved, didn't we? Um, we're not good enough for Europe, and now we're out of it. Um, it's quite bad. I have a bad omen with Trev. Me and Trev were going to plan to go out to our next uh, European game, and really, we shouldn't have been too confident that we were going to get through it. But uh, I was quietly confident. You know, I was. I was quietly confident with the first leg going into that home fixture. Even when they scored, I thought it doesn't matter. You know, we can still turn it on, and and we just didn't the whole game. And I was done with the atmosphere. I was done with the weather. I was actually done with the home fans. I thought they were an absolute disgrace. Some of them. There was no atmosphere. It was dead. It was flat. You know, a couple of us were singing. Everyone's just looking at each other like, oh, do we have to be here on a Thursday night? And then what the fans did at the end, which I thought was disgraceful, was blame the wrong people and point at the wrong people. And I think Leno and Aubameyang have been two of our most consistent performers this season. And all of a sudden, they're getting stick, but they're happy to give away uh, a load of stick and let it go with Granite Chaka, who's dicking around with it again, passing it back to Leno. Lewis and Socrates, the Chapel brothers, looking at each other, letting the goal go in. David Luiz letting the first goal go in. But they were all okay. We'll let them get away with it. We'll have a go at Bamiyang for missing it at the end. You know, I think, come on, man. He's just got us back in the game with an overhead kick and everyone's going, well, how did he miss that? It's a disgrace. Actually, it's not a disgrace because the lad's allowed to do something wrong. He's kept us in it for the whole season. He's been kept us and saved us week in, week out. And people are having a go at Bamiyang saying it's his fault that we're out. It really isn't. Look at the look at the team defending again. You know, Socrates coming on and just being, you know, Oh, I don't want these people in the team anymore. We've got Meza Ozil wandering around the pitch, trying to cross a ball that he can't. We've got Bellerin, who is absolutely dreadful. These players are just 
not good enough to be in the shirt. And they're senior players. You know, if you cleared out this team now and you kept Aubameyang, Leno, Saka, Martinelli and Genduzi, I'd be like, if you, and the rest said, and you said to me, the rest are going, I'd go, okay, that's fine. Let them go. I don't care. I don't care. Trev, Honestly, there's only five in this team I care about. I'm done with these senior players, mate. Dreadful. Trev, um, he's on one of them. He's on one of them. Man, this has been a while. Um, I, haven't had a, I haven't had a chance to rant properly yet because I was hosting the last one I did. So I wanted to, I wanted to come on here tonight and rant. So thank you for inviting me on first. <laughs> it, it, it's not a problem. It's not, it's not a problem. You've had a lot to say on there, a lot of which I agree with and some I disagree with. What's your thoughts, Trev, on Leno and uh, the criticism that he's come under, especially for that, you know, that, that final distribution of the ball? Well, firstly, I agree with the bit Dan said about Leno and Alabama Yang. Don't don't be getting on their backs because they've 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 carried us for a good few games this season with their saves and their goals. Um, if I, you know Leno should have hoofed that ball in the stand, we know that. And nine hundred ninety-nine times out of a thousand, Alabama Yang buries that chance, but it wasn't to be. I honestly think the problem was we got a bit complacent. We'd won. A, I got a bit complacent. Dan just stated it. I was planning my next trip to Europe. I was. And, um, you know, and and we got a bit complacent and we got turned over. We, we didn't turn it on on the night, you know. Um, I thought that, I never thought I'd ever hear myself say this, but I thought we looked weaker in defence when Mustafi went off. I thought we missed him. I thought he'd, he ran himself into the ground in Greece and he, he, he'd had a bloody good game again. But we just didn't turn up. We, we, we thought we were going to go out there and walk it and win it. And, and we didn't. The, the Greeks came with their great support to a big stadium and they, they turned it on and, and they've nicked it. So, you know, I don't want to dwell on it really because it depresses me greatly that I'm not having another European trip this year. And, uh, but no, don't blame Aubameyang and, and, and Leno. Yeah, they made mistakes. Let's say they made mistakes. Let's not hide the fact. Leno should have moved that ball in the stands and Aubameyang should have buried it, but they didn't. Move on. Ferg, just put that, Fergus, just put that Russ Morgan comment up because that is spot on. Okay, I'll pop that on. And I'm also going to add in Corey, who's hey. probably going to have a sushi or something somewhere. So, <laughs> how are we doing, Corey? I'm good. Sorry for, sorry for my tidiness. The traffic was horrendous. You're looking smart, though, mate. Yeah, it's always good. Yeah, you know, get straight from work. <laughs> German, I will, I will, uh, I will leave you as well to carry on talking everything, but Portsmouth. <laughs> Matt, thank you, uh, thank you very much for your time. Um, we really do appreciate your time. Uh, I know you're out there in the states, so it's it's a different time zone for you. Um, uh, and also, you're joining us, a crowd of Arsenal fans crowing about beating you. So, yeah, honestly, we really appreciate you joining in. Um, and uh, if you fancy just watching a bit of Arsenal as your Premier League team, feel free to join Guns and Yellow Ribbons and, and follow us from afar. Absolutely. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Well done. Good luck all the rest of the way and for the season, boys. All right. Cheers, Matt. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Um, Dan, you were you were going to talk about uh, this comment that um, Ross put up. Sorry, Dan, I'll bring you up a second. <laughs> Um, uh, <laughs> it's changed, changed. It's changed color and everything. <laughs> yeah, man. I was going to say, Ross Morgan is 
<laughs> Russ Morgan is spot on, mate, because Arteta should take some flack for this because he's not been playing. So he's been sticking with the same players. He's been sticking with Lacazette, sticking with Ozil. And Martinelli was the one sub I was looking forward to being brought on. And he brought him on way too late. Re, uh, what's his name come on before? Joe Willock come on for Bellerin. Didn't work. He did, I'm just not a fan of the lad. I think he's a good player, Willock. I don't think he's got the potential to make it at Arsenal. That's just my opinion. I think he'll be another Framarida or another Connor Henderson or whatever they be, right? It's just my opinion. So Martinelli, however, is not going to be another Framarida. He is going to be potentially a first-team player for Arsenal. When he came on, we finally got some movement for the last 10, 15 minutes. I thought this is what we've needed for all of the game. And then it got to the stage where, you know, they've obviously thrown away the game, but Martinelli's come on and not really been able to react to it. The only time I saw anything exciting happen was when Aubameyang went to the middle and Martinelli and Pepe were on either side. That, for me, is our best front three. Lacazette just needs to, you know, Arteta needs to accept that, I think, now, and accept that Lacazette is a bench man and accept that Meza Ozil is too and get rid of this number 10 role. That, for me, would be a great move forward, step forward for the remainder of games because... I hate to be pessimistic on these, but I'm trying, but I cannot stick to these players. This team have let me down for four years now under four different managers. They can't play. They're not good enough for Arsenal. Yeah. You've had Mustafi and Chaka now five years or four years at the club under Arsene Wenger, Unai Emery, Freddie Lundberg and Mikel Arteta. And they're still messing up every single game, every season. Chaka, what's he doing? Just boot the thing out. Yeah, Leno should have, but he should have beforehand. It should never have got to Leno. Why is he doing that? So I just can't, I can't stick up for these players anymore, you know. David Luiz, Stokratis, Mustafi, Chaka, everyone's telling me are brilliant now under Arteta. They're still making the same mistakes, man. They need to go. And it's not only Corey, them as well. You know, Corey, it's I, I, really I, I, interesting. I, sorry, sorry, mate. Sorry, sorry. No, go, go on, you go on. I'll come to Corey afterwards. We'll save our substitutes. Um, it's really uh, interesting what Dan says, right? Firstly, if I'm not blaming Leno and I'm not blaming... Um, Albamiang, I'm not blaming Arteta either. You know, they, there's bit they've made mistakes. But after the game against Olympiacos, I had my grumpy Trevor on, and I wrote a bit of an article. Yeah, and 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 the conclusion I come to is is Dan's exactly right. Okay, if you if you if we're going to look at Arsenal, we are a mid-table side with mid-table players now, right? If we're honest, right? That's what we are. We've got to accept that, right? Whereas. Ten years ago, I was talking about us in the same breath as Manchester United and Chelsea. Then five years ago, I'm talking about us in the same breath as Manchester United, Manchester City, Chelsea. Uh, and, and now I'm talking about us in the same breath as Wolves, Everton, Leicester. We, we've been slowly dropping over the years. So you've got to look, right? You can't blame the players because if you're a player, any of us four here, if we're players and the Arsenal come in for us, we're going to sign, right? Because if the Arsenal come calling, you're going to sign, right? You can't blame the coaches because the coaches don't choose who we buy now. They don't do that now, right? So, so, and you can't blame the owner, right? Because the owner has given, we've spent money. Look at the amount of money we've got on the field. We've got 70 million players. We've got 30 odd million players. We've got a 50 Trivia odd, spot 250 on, odd million players, right? Spot so on, where mate. does the blame lie, right? I'll tell you where the blame Recruitment, lies. Recruitment, man. I'm not I, the, the blame lies with the people that are in our club at the moment choosing who we buy, right? Exactly, mate. They're all recruitment. They're all to the, shocking. They're all to the forefront. They're all to the forefront when we bring in a big player. But when it all goes pear shaped, you never see them, right? And do you know what? I've just said all that about all the players, the coaches, the, the recruit, and I've not named a name. You don't have to name a name, right? Because if you think about it, 
you know where the problem lies in our club. The problem, the players are not good enough. We know that the results have proved it, right? Under three or four different coaches, as Dan's just said. So it's not the coaches; it's whoever recruits in the players is the problem, right? And we know who that is. Sorry, I've had a rant. That's me and you, Dan, had a rant tonight, mate. Ah, uh, it's good, Trev. We deserve it. We don't normally do this, mate. Me and you are two of the more positive ones normally, so it's different. Why? Why be the same, mate? <laughs> um, Corey, welcome. Thank you for uh, jumping in after Matt, who, who does a sterling job representing his club. Um, we've more or less done a lot of the the football that's passed over the last week. Uh, a question for you. Um, on the back of Aubameyang, and it's really a crappy question to chuck straight straight at you, but on, on, on the back of um, Aubameyang's miss, I must add, I'm standing in a bar uh, with a crowd of work colleagues, most of which aren't interested in Arsenal, our football, our Europa League. And that goal goes in from what I see. I'm jumping around this bar going, oh, Bamiang. Um, And then somebody goes, he misses. He missed a penalty against Tottenham at Wembley uh, to stop us getting fourth last oh, season. Don't start this. <laughs> the question to you, Corey, is, is Aubameyang a bottler? This isn't my question. It's the question. No. He's not a butler. Um, he's a human being. Um, he's trying to wind me up, Corey, because he knows yeah. that we had. A... I'm right, not. But you know, no, but you know, I got you, though, Dan. I've he was all written down yeah. here beforehand. <laughs> this, he's not a butler. He's just a human being. He's uh, he, strikers miss. You know, just check how much like penalties Aguero has missed. Um, check how much chances Aguero has missed, and he's one of the top guys in the league. Um, it happens. You know, it just so happens that times where he has missed have been crucial, you know, in terms of us, you know, getting a, a, a loss or a draw or a win. Um, but every, it shouldn't, everything should be, shouldn't be on his shoulders anyway. Do you know what I mean? He's one player in a team of 11. Um, other players have to take responsibility, you know. So we shouldn't be in the positions that we're in, for it, that, that it all comes down to him scoring a penalty or him having a, a shot, you know, in the, in the dying Great. minutes. So, since, yeah. Since his debut for us in February 2018, Yang has netted 61 goals in all competitions. Only Mo Salah with 64 goals has done better in the Premier League. So, exactly what you say. It shouldn't be all on his shoulders, but it is all on, all on his shoulders. I suppose the other question, because I haven't brought Dan in on this because I know he just rant again. Um, the, 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 the other question is, uh, and you can go start on Corey and then the other guys can talk. Um, the away goal rule. In extra time, should it apply? In extra time, we both, we both, both, both teams have had ninety minutes. Arsenal got the away goal advantage because they scored in ninety minutes. Then we play at our ground for ninety minutes, and the the last half hour is a tie break. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, but it's just, it's just the. You know, rules are the rules. You get extra time, yeah, for it, you know. But it's, you know, why why would you start complicating things by changing, you know, the rules, you know, just because there's they an extended time? They have had it in other competitions before where away goal rules that haven't counted before. Am I, am I correct in that? People correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong. I'm sure I've heard in competitions in the past, it might have been Champions League, it might have been, um, I don't know, some... Uh, an FA Cup or League Cup or something like that. It, it might, yeah, it might have been the League Cup, um, where the away goal rule only counted in the in the main ninety minutes. As soon as you went into the extra time of the tie break, 
that there was no away goals. I haven't heard that for Europe. It's definitely not Europe. It's always been all like that for Europe, but maybe it's wrong in domestic uh, cups. I don't know. They okay. used to. It, they used to be. Was it the old, the old League Cup when it used to be two legs in the early rounds? I think that the away goals didn't count double in that. They know. I don't think they ever did. I'm sure someone will put me right. But while we're on, the, while we're on, a, Fergus, listen. Look at the camera, mate. Right. <laughs> Can we put the Tottenham thing to bed now, right? I don't want to talk about it anymore, right? Aubameyang missed a penalty. It was a crap penalty. The problem was it was against Tottenham. That's what made it worse, not the player, right? I was stood behind that goal when, when he missed it. It was awful feeling. And you've reminded me again, it's over a year later, son. We need to finish with that now, you know. Can't, don't mention it anymore because it makes me cry. It, yeah. it, it, it's just some of the fallout that, um, like what Dan was talking about earlier and what you guys were talking about earlier, the blame game and people, our fan base saying what they do. I get an awful lot of traffic coming through between Dan's and Yellow Ribbons and Arsenal Fans Forum. Uh, and there were some of the questions that came up that I, I thought they're good topics for us to talk about, you know. Um, well, what, can, what I will say, Fergus, quickly, is that I don't, I don't think Abemming's a bottler, but those chances that he misses is what separates him from the Thierry Henrys, you know, and uh, and Ian Wrights, where, you know, we remember those moments where, you know, it, it was going down to the wire and we did need something. And then those players popped up with something and saved the day. Um, and I think that when Bamiyang is, when it's all said and done and he leaves Arsenal and we start thinking of our greatest strikers, he will be in the conversation, but it won't be a debate because, you know, he those moments he he didn't quite capitalize on. Okay, yeah. Well, let's, finish up, let's finish on this because there's a couple of other topics I want to talk about. Olympiacos have won each of the last two away games against Arsenal, having lost their first three against the Gunners on the road. So they've uh, always lost away, but they've beaten us here. Uh, they have Arsenal have lost consecutive home games in European competitions for the first time uh, since February and stroke September 2015 in the Champions League after losing. Uh, the second of those games to guess who? Olympiacos. Um, and Arsenal have suffered their first defeat since December 2019 in the Premier League, which was the 2-1 Arteta's first home game, home game against Chelsea, uh, ending a 10-game unbeaten run. So that, that's some of the positives that we've got to talk about. Yes, we're out of Europe. Um, you know what? We're, I don't think... With the co- the competition the way it is and the the, the 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 teams that are still in there, I don't think we'd as an easy route to the final if we even could have got to the final. Even though we had to cancel our rooms, uh, Trev, which was sad, uh, and um, the, I don't think we would have gone all the way to Gdansk if I'm honest. But ten game unbeaten run, um, and that's a positive. The, the, the other positive that people were type of slagging off both. Both uh, non-Arsenal fans and some Arsenal fans, we remain invincible. 49-49 undefeated. Um, we were hoping to have Dan Mountney on uh, tonight. And Dan, which Trevor's pointed out, has done some really good articles on him, which is on his Twitter feed, um, uh, about the invincibles and and, and what, what it means to be invis- invincible. Um, Liverpool got smashed by Watford at the weekend. They were unlucky not to, to at least draw, if not lose, to West Ham midweek. Um, you know, is the reaction by Arsenal fans OTT? Uh, are, are, is it right to celebrate such a historic achievement? 
it's all part of our his history. Surely it's worth celebrating. Trev, I know you want to talk about this. Yeah. Well, do you know what, Fergus? The, the people that raise it the most ain't the Arsenal fans. It's, it's the press and other fans. As soon as, ever since we did it, as soon as the last unbeaten team gets beaten. Late, late on a Sunday, Sunday evening, um, singing about it. Yeah, true. But the thing is, you see, that they wait until the last team gets beaten of the season and then the press will bring it up again. Oh, that you know, Liverpool have lost and and but they're still better than Arsenal, they're still better than this. Well, I, I don't see there's it's, we say the, the invincibles, but there's there's two feats, right? Firstly, the 49 games unbeaten, but within that record is the Premier League season unbeaten, right? Which for me is most important. It, it's amazing. Um and Liverpool now, the team of Liverpool from today, I'm not going to argue whether they're good or bad. They're a fantastic team, right? They're going to win the league, and they're going to win the league by a long, long way. But are they? they ain't going to be unbeaten, are they? You know? No. Nope. That's the point. That's why we celebrate as Arsenal fans, because that's what we've got to celebrate. We've never won the Champions League. We should have done, in my opinion. We should have, we should have had two good goes at it. Um but we have gone unbeaten in the league. And no one else has ever done that since Preston. And Preston only won 27 games in 18, whatever it was. We won 38. So, of course, Arsenal fans are going to go on about it because it's what a lot of teams ain't got. It's history. You know, it's our history and we're proud of it. And I'll go on about it till the day I pop me clogs, me, and then I'm going to have it on my headstone. Trevor saw the unbeaten season, you know, because it is our history and I don't care what... Any the only reason other teams moan or other fans moan and other fans pick on us and other fans say shut up is because they're jealous of we've done it and they haven't. You know? Oh, by the way, boys, while I'm at it, this coronavirus thing, I'm, I'm going to self-isolate. I want to go where no one's been for a few weeks. So I'm going to sit in the Tottenham Trophy Cabinet for a couple of weeks. Okay. <laughs> no one's been there for a while, have they? So, uh, listen, listen. Uh, you talk about that. Uh, on Sunday, when I was having this um, not-so-pleasant procedure... Uh, I was talking to the nurse and uh, I went afterwards and I went, oh, Jesus, I'm sweating. She went, you all right? I said, yeah, I'm sweating like a Tottenham fan in a trophy room. <laughs> <laughs> hey, lads, just a little bit of trivia for you, right? Just I, I know we're not keen on trivia, but a little bit. The first game of the 49 undefeated, right, we beat Southampton at Arsenal 6-1, right? Who scored a hat-trick in that game? Jermaine Pennant. He did well. Potsy's nailed it. <laughs> Potsy's nailed it. Yeah, pennant. And the second game of the unbeaten run, who scored a who scored a hat trick in that game? It was the last two games of the two thousand two two thousand three season, I think. The, the last game of that season, we beat Sunderland four 0 Who scored a hat trick in that game, Potsy? Um, I will go with. I will go with someone random because it's going to be someone random. Yeah, I'll go is, yeah. with. Jeremy Ariadier. No, mate. It was our Freddie with a red hair. Ah, uh, was it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. But uh, um, no, that's that's for me, boys. Don't ever, ever stop celebrating our unbeaten run and our unbeaten question. season. People question. are jealous. That's all there is to it. Question, Potsy. The question comes to you this time. If Arsenal were seven points away from first place with 11 games to go, would you assume defeat our hope for success. I did put the poll on Guns and Yellow Ribbons Facebook and Twitter. Um, thoughts on it? And then over to you, Corey. If we were seven points away from winning the title with 11 games no, to go. If we were 
seven points away from first place with 11 games to go. Could you still think we could achieve first place? Not this Arsenal side, no. We're 11 points away. uh, Sorry, we're seven points away from fourth place right now with 11 games to go. Yeah. I don't. And a game in hand. And a game in hand. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I don't I don't think this Arsenal side's up to it, so I'm going to say no. Our game in hands against City away, which I give ourselves no chance for. We've still got Liverpool at home. We've still got Wolves away. Still got Leicester at home. Still got Spurs away. I would say this Arsenal team are weak mentally, so no, I don't think we would. Do you not think we're strengthening, Corey? Mentally? Um, I, let's, see, let's see how we do in our next game. Basically, um, I want to see how we bounce back after the Olympiacos game. The Portsmouth game was a was a decent result, but it was expected. It was our B side. Um, let's see how we bounce back in the league. If I if we if we put in a good performance, then my my opinion can change, and you know I could start leaning more to the the yes doable than than not. But um, I have to see I have to see the reaction. Now Liverpool uh, haven't looked the side that they were prior to the winter break, international break or whatever it was uh, that we had recently. They were very shaky against um, definitely West Ham. They were shaky against West Ham. They've got they've lost three in four games in all competitions. They've been beaten in the league by Watford. Uh, they've lost Atletico in, in the Champions League. Um, you know, they... they we we have them, and we were hoping everyone was talking about. Yeah, we're going to stop their invincible season and everything else that that, that we talked about. Uh, I I just think, you know, maybe could they could they bottle it? They only need four wins, and it's unlikely. No chance, man. No way. No right, way. Listen, listen. Firstly, firstly, I owe an apology because that that game that um, Pennant scored at tricking. Perez scored an at-trick in as well. They got three each in that game, and I forgot Perez. That's very naughty of me. Listen, if Liverpool don't win the league, right, I'll run round the Emirates from block D to block E naked, right? I'm telling you, Liverpool have won the league. Cool, they better win the league. league. I'll tell you that. I'll be better right. win. They better win the league now. You don't need to do some crowdfunding. <laughs> no one wants to see that. I'm going down the gym tomorrow, by the way. But no. Um, <laughs> but no um, Liverpool win the league. Come on, boys. We'll finish fourth. We've got West Ham away um, at the weekend. West Ham are going to be a little bit more buoyant. They had a good result against Southampton. They're hanging on for dear life. I, 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 I think. I, 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 yeah. Somebody's put on that. Please don't. Um, I don't know if that's to me saying. I think we can. Uh, win are to Trevor not running around the stadium naked. But... <laughs> uh, I, I think I'm, I'm going for a two nil uh, for for Arsenal. I don't think West Ham have an offer an awful lot to offer up front. Uh, Antonio is a handful, but he's quite slow and lethargic in a lot of uh, what he does. Uh, Fabianski, if he chucks three balls in the back of the net again for us, well, you know, uh, just two will do me because then I'll be right. Uh, anybody think anything different about that game, Corey? You go first. Um, to, I think we'll concede. I think we'll concede. Um, yeah, they are going to be feeling good after their last result. Um, so it's a trick. We spoke about this before, and I said that it's that's it's a tricky fixture. Um, I expect us to win, um, but I'm not super confident. 
So, like I said, it's, I'm looking for that reaction after the Olympiacos game. But, yeah, I think it's anything could happen. I'm, I'm, I, I don't feel, yeah, I'm not super confident at all. Otzi? Yeah, I'm going my boy Corey. I'm going 2-1 to Arsenal. I think we are going to concede, but I think we'll just nick it. I think that it's going to be interesting to see the reaction because this senior team are going to play again. Unfortunately, we're going to see the likes of Ozil and Lacazette and this team is going to come back into it like it was against Olympiacos. And I'm not a fan of some of them players coming back in. So the rest of it for me at the moment is just a little bit of a pre-season, I'm afraid. I think it's just, let's just get this season over and done with. I'm, I'm fed up of it. And then let's see what happens in the summer. Get rid of some of these useless players and start again. So yeah, we'll see what happens. But I'm going to go for a nick at 2-1. Trev? Uh, I'm going to disagree with the boys slightly. I think we're going to win it comfortably. Um, Fabianski, since he left us, always seems to play a blinder against us, but he, he, he'll be a bit nervous after the last couple of weeks. I think we're going to come back, play well. I think uh, I think that Arteta will have been at them all week, reminding them of what a debacle the Olympiacos performance was, and I can see it being 3-0. Um, as I said, 2-0. Uh, as much as I understand where you're coming from, Potsy, and I had type of just thought like, you know, fourth or 10th uh, this season. I think with the likes of Tottenham, Chelsea, uh, so many of the other teams just cocking stuff up. We're not that far away. We've got a game in hand against City who are, you know, if City lose against us, that's it. They, they have to win every game between now and the end of the season to to even have a chance of winning the league. It's unlikely that... Um, that Liverpool will cock it up, as we said already. Uh, I think we can at least get a point up there. Um, and, you know, I, I think I think fourth stroke, fifth, depending on whatever, is still on because I think Tottenham... I think the, the, honest, 11, the 11 games we got, we've got a win seven and draw two. And I don't think we've got enough to do that. That's my opinion. I don't think United, Chelsea, Spurs, Wolves and Sheffield United are all going to mess up. So... I think we've got to look at all those five teams to say those five teams are going to be worse than us this season. And if you believe that those five teams are going to be worse than Arsenal, then you're more optimistic than me. <laughs> I think Sheffield are, are, are waning a little bit. Wolves, no. Uh, and that's my fear. But Chelsea, Tottenham, Man United, I, they're indifferent. Remember Harry Kane and Son ain't out for the season, you know. Those people that think they are is, is talking rubbish. They'll both be back in a few weeks. Harry Mourinho Kane's always out for the season, isn't he? Harry Kane's back in light training. He'll be back for the 26th of April when he play us, plays us. And so will yeah, Son. No, no. Listen, the final thing we're going to talk about is um, one of the pet hates that Trevor has, uh, and I happen to agree with him, TV companies ruling when we play football. It is absolutely ridiculous. There was uproar two, three seasons ago when a game was uh, rescheduled uh, against Leicester with three weeks' notice. Okay, this game wasn't originally scheduled because it was when we played last weekend when City were in the League Cup final. They've now put the game in on Wednesday. Eight days' notice for play for uh, people to try and book time off work. Uh, arrange transport, arrange tickets, arrange hotels, trains, planes, automobiles, whatever it be, to get to City away. It's an absolute shambles, Trev. It is an absolute shambles, Fergus. I, only a slight defence. I don't know where else they could have fit the uh, fixture in, to be honest. It's, um, and, and us going out of Europe sort of gave them that little bit of a window of opportunity. But it's, it's a midweek game at seven days' notice. It's just... It's unacceptable, really, because all these lads, there's some cracking lads that travel all over the world to watch the Arsenal. 
that they've got they just can't do it. You can't get time off. Get up. It's a you know they can't get back in the evening, and they sort of got to stay over. So it's not one day off work. It's two days off work. You know, um, it is as I've said. If you start me off, we'll be on here for three hours because you know my view on it, mate. It's it's disgraceful the way TV companies now run football. They absolutely control and run football. You know, ben, uh, and they've bought the game. A scandalous decision. Ben travels all the way. We met Ben at Palace, and he comes all the way from Scotland. You know that he does. Yeah, yeah. He flies uh, to games. That boy, Ben Bennett, he flies to games. The lad's a superstar. You know, uh, he's got no chance. No it, chance. It's, it's not only that. Like you know, the guys on the away scheme and the guys with lots of points to do all those are able to get tickets. And when they're fortunate enough, are are unfortunate enough not to be able to go to a game, they will through the network of people sometimes get a ticket. If you want, if I needed a ticket, I could probably get it off somebody in our network of friends because they couldn't go because they've got a family birthday or something like that. But um, somebody was asked me, do I want a ticket? The ticket they can order today, they won't get till Monday or Tuesday. If they don't get it by Tuesday, I don't get the ticket. I, you can't go to this. You can't go to the game. So they've made it that tight that even if somebody wanted to get the ticket for somebody else to make sure that an Arsenal fan went there, they can't lay it off. It's just ridiculous, Dan. I remember a podcast we did. And do you know what? It was one of the best podcasts that we've done on here. And it was the Room 101, the episode 101. Yep. So if the viewers have not seen that, go back and watch it. Because it was a great, great uh, episode about a topic each that we wanted to put in Room, room 101 related to Arsenal. And of course, there was a Stan Kroenke that come up, recruitment come up. And Trevor, I remember you talking about it, mate. I remember you saying it was TV and media and press and all that stuff that's completely ruined the game. This is another typical example of why this doesn't work and why it's so wrong. Because not... I've had mates that are diehard Arsenal fans going, I don't think I'm going to bother going because it's just it's too tight. It's a long, long commitment for people. And people are just like, nah. And the way we're playing obviously has an effect on it as well. Nobody that I've spoken to is fairly 100% confident that we're going to take much out of the game. So it's a long way to go. Ridiculous, mate. Absolutely ridiculous. I'm 100% with Trevor on this. I think it's a joke. Corey, yeah, do you want to have Dan? I'm still going. Like an idiot. I'm still going like an idiot. You know, I'll be there because that's what I do. It's you because know? you're a legend, mate. That's why. I wish. <laughs> yeah. My um, no, my take is that, yeah, money talks. And I don't think anybody involved in football clubs at this level care about the fans. Like, I think that's the harsh reality. They, they don't care about you. They don't care about you. You put, you know, a home game brings in a what, like three million. Um, I don't know how much they make when it's on Sky or BT, but I think it's more. Um, you know, in terms of travelling away and stuff, I did. I don't see them doing anything to uh, to accommodate fans. Um, they just they just expect you to just work it out. If you turn up, you turn up. If you don't, you don't. You know, um, the the you know the atmosphere and everything in the club. I remember when Arsene Wenger was there, and you know, obviously, the, the, a lot of the fans were making their, their voice heard, but you know what difference did it make like none is just because fans don't really have a voice anymore um when going to the matches so and that, and that's just a harsh reality in terms of where we are in the premier league with football at this level um it's all it's all good at being the biggest biggest league in the world and the, you know the, having been the biggest brand but that's all based on television and then being able to screen it abroad to, to other countries but for, you, for 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 those of for the guys that actually go to the matches you, you, you know you're 
bottom of the list of priorities. Yeah, we're, we're, we're out, of, only out of Europe, yeah, and we're played. We're out of Europe, and we're still playing midweek games now. Jesus, just give it a rest now. We just want to play on Saturday at three o'clock now that we're out of Europe, please. No more Thursday, Sunday stuff. We're still playing Mondays against Portsmouth, Mondays against Leeds, Bournemouth, and now we've got Wednesday against City in the league. Just Saturday, three got, o'clock, please. And we've still got and Monday got- against Wolves on Easter Monday coming up as well. Corey, uh, yeah. well said, by the way, son. Well said, Corey. I totally agree with that. Yeah, we've still got, you know, Easter Monday a trip to Wolves. It's, it's never ending. It's never ending. But- Boys, listen. Um- I'll be at the West Ham game, three o'clock on Saturday. Potsy, Trev, we'll see you there. Usual place. Be there, be square. Corey, have you managed to get a ticket? Or are you not able to go this weekend? No, able to go this weekend, but I'm going to see you guys soon. I promise. Okay, no worries. Yeah. Hopefully, Jerome. Um, I've, I've, Jerome's, I think, is all sorted, and uh, Jerome's going to meet up with us as well. So we'll probably try and get five minutes or so, so we can do a little bit on um, on the Facebook page or, or, or something like that. So just what we think about what's going on in the game. Um, I am with Dave Hurl. He's in the comments. I'm with Dave tomorrow night. I'm actually at Highbury House, and the Arsenal Supporters Forum have uh I'm I'm gone as a guest of David uh to um a discussion about VAR with uh what's his name Foy uh Chris Foy the Chris Foy. uh he's he's going to be talking all things VAR uh, and got some questions that I want to put to him and ask him it's a question and answer session everything else so me and David are going to meet for a quick pint beforehand uh and then go and see it should be interesting it's about I think it's seven o'clock till nine o'clock so yeah, um hopefully be something that Fergus, I'm a member of the Arsenal Supporters Trust, and I can't make it tomorrow night. So, um, if I if 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 my votes go in, mate, you use it if they vote on anything. Okay, mate. No worries. This is the Supporters Forum, um, so it's it's separate from the trust. But yeah, yeah. So, listen, you have been watching Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Dan, Corey, Trev, and also Matt, who was on with us earlier, the Pompey fan. Uh, thank you very, very much for joining in. Uh, this, this podcast would be very boring with just me standing here uh, talking to the screen. <laughs> you, guys, you guys make it, and uh, you guys in the chat as well. There's, there's lots of you in there. So, um, oh, Scunny, just seen you pop up, um, say, send hello to Scunny in there as well. So, Listen, um, tune in next week. We won't be on Wednesday, obviously, for obvious reasons, because the City game will be on. We'll either do something earlier or we'll do something probably Tuesday night, I think. We'll, we might do something uh, next week. Um, so we'll see you then. Uh, up the Arsenal. Thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.